Welcome to the Grow Tribe. Hi, I'm Melissa McGowan, and I love that you're choosing growth. In this podcast, we shine a light on the diverse, messy, and real ways that you grow in leadership and life. We reflect, connect, and share what growth means to us. After two decades supporting growth in business, and of course my own, I firmly believe that where you go with your energy, time, focus, money, and precious resources, you actually grow. We're better together, so stay curious, stay awesome, join our tribe, and feel alive. Thanks so much for being here and being part of the Grow Tribe. It would be amazing if you shared this podcast with others at home, at work, gave it a rate and review in Apple Podcasts, and shared any ideas about what you want to hear more about or who you want to hear from. I love to hear your updates. If you're interested in learning about how to become a Chief Energy Officer, you're looking to fuel your impact in, and your performance, could be you, could be your team, have a look at the link in the show notes about where to start. And as always, drop me an email if you're looking for any support or you've got any insights that you want to share on growth. It's melissa, M-E-L-I-S-S-A, at go to grow.com.au. Thanks, everyone. Hi, everyone. So this week we have a series of firsts. It's the first time I've had a chat with my husband, Stuart McGowan, on the podcast. It's the first podcast chat I've had face-to-face all year, stepping out of the wardrobe into the living room. Um, We did have a couple of audio issues. It's the first time I've had a podcast chat over a beer, so lots of things to enjoy. And we just have a really relaxing chat about our growth, about growth in the context of me and growth in the context of we in a relationship. And it all started when Stuart said something interesting a few weeks ago. So I hope you enjoy it. I'm hearing from many of you that really enjoyed last week's episode, Hacking Happy with Penny Lacasso. That was episode 21. And just thanks so much for being here. Um, I love having you part of the Grow Tribe. I particularly love when I hear about your growth. And if you feel that you're enjoying the show, please do um, rate and review and also share it. Sometimes, you know, just taking a screenshot of an episode while you're listening to it and putting it on Instagram or LinkedIn or wherever, um, that would be amazing. So enjoy your your week, sorry, enjoy your growth and enjoy our chat. Thanks. Ah. Welcome, everyone, to a very relaxing weekend growth reflection. And today I've got my husband, Stuart, here with me, a.k.a. the Lilo guy. It's a weekend at our place, really relaxing. There's only been maybe 10 tantrums this afternoon by the children, a couple by us. Bribery of, you know, can we just have an hour to ourselves? We want to have a bit of a chat for the podcast. Just thought we had all that sorted and then... A gang, the the eldest arrived home with about five or six big boys to have a swim in the pool. So then we had to, you know, shift it up again. And we've been engulfed with hundreds of flies. So as we sat down to grab a coffee and have a little chat here about our individual growth, our growth together and, you know, struggling parents, growing, reflecting, we thought it was probably more appropriate that we actually grabbed a beer this afternoon. So that may not work for you right now. That may not be appropriate for you right now. But join us for a relaxing growth chat. And um, yeah, we, this is this is kind of uh, just something we're trying. So we'll take it from here. We've also got some oils going 
Um, and thank you to my friend Nina. I've got the Motivate oil from doTERRA this afternoon, which I think is really what we needed given all of this. So where this conversation came from is Stuart and I were driving home from the Peninsula Hot Springs the other day, which is, you know, a whole conversation in itself coming out of lockdown here in Victoria. We hadn't done anything like that for a long time. We basically, we'd, you know, hardly left the house or the immediate area. And the Peninsula Hot Springs is a place that we've always loved. It's always been really special for us. And we were able to secure a booking there the other week before it really opened right up again as the restrictions have eased and the distance, the ring of steel has come down in Victoria. So there was a very limited number of people able to go there, which meant, unlike normal, because it's very popular, we had space, we were able to cruise around from different little pools. And for those who haven't been there, you know, I'll try and set the, the, the picture. It's a number of different natural hot spring pools spread out over a very large property with amazing views of you know, coastal views um, and rural views. The temperature of the pools is, it varies from, you know, quite warm to the cold plunge. Um, it's out in nature, you're hearing frogs, birds. Oh, you can get a coffee while you're there. It really is. For, for parents to go there on your own, it is an absolute joy. And, you know, feel free to, to say some more about the Hot Springs, Stuart. But we were driving home and, you know, just reveling in that and, and then heading to a cafe for some lunch. So it was all very exciting. And Stuart said something, and I can't recall exactly what he said now, but he said something about being on the grow train or, you know, um, you know, if I'm, if I'm not on the grow train, I might be left behind. And then we just kind of had this interesting discussion and, I guess the way I would set it up is some of you have asked about, because I've been posting our, our daggy marriage meeting, and I've talked before on uh, Instagram, I think mostly, about a book that I read years ago. I think, it was, I think it came out in like 2009. It's called The Three Marriages, Reimagining Work, Self and Relationship, and it's by a guy called David White. And, you know, it's a great book that, that really talks about the fact that there's the, obviously the marriage to in a relationship, there's the marriage to self, and then there's the marriage to work. And how challenging it is really to honor all of those relationships and those marriages. And, and I guess, you know, growth being an extension of that. And, you know, that book kind of influenced me all those years ago to shift away from the concept of balance in work and balance in life because it it really is a myth and and it's not a question of balance um we're not trying to balance those things all up but we're trying as best you know as humans and we we struggle and we make choices and we learn but we we're trying to kind of honor that alignment in each of those marriages which is for us an ongoing i guess i would say challenge and practice one of the things that's helped us is just trying to communicate regularly over the years. But I think as priorities shift in those three marriages, in terms of which one is most pressing for us and, and most important, it's fair to say that our own individual growth journeys and arcs um, also, you know, really varies and um, you're not on the same, I guess the idea is that you're not doing the same stuff at the same time in your individual marriages to self. And I mean, I could talk about this for a long time. You know, that's part of the whole philosophy of go to grow, 
the concept of having a solid self-focused strategy for your growth and development. But when he said that about um, himself and we had this broader conversation, I just thought it was interesting. I've had lots of people asking me about our marriage meeting and today's not about our marriage meeting, but it is about the fact that as a couple, as a partnership, um, you know, growth, yeah, it varies. We stagnate, we get stuck, we do different things, we make different decisions and and that is life and so we just thought and we haven't actually prepared this i've got no idea what stuart's going to say but we just thought we'd share some of our reflections and importantly you know i think you know you're keen to hear i'm sure you are i am keen to hear from stuart on you know what he meant by that and and some of his thoughts so i'll i'll now have a, a sip of my awesome beer that i've just discovered which is this um a local gluten-free brewery and if my friend dot in the u.s is listening yes this is the one i told you about and they have um a number of great gluten-free beers but the one i'm loving is the pulp fusion passion fruit sour beer i never would have thought that that would be a beer that i love it's not sweet it's actually sour and it's delicious so i'm gonna have a sip of that now and cheers over to you lilo guy cheers um well it's a pleasure to be here uh so thank you for putting me on. Who knows who, I should put the disclaimer out there, who knows who's going to enter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, the quote was in the car driving back from the, uh, the hot springs um, was, I, I, had this, I had this thought back, you know, about a year ago, nearly a year ago, nine months, that I, I better get on the grow train or I'm going to be left behind at the station. And... And where that came from was this idea that Melissa had just, uh, that you'd started um, on some really solid sort of coaching uh, with your own coach mm-hmm. and we're going through lots of processes of thinking about what you wanted to do and where you want to be going and how, more importantly, how you want to feel. And, and, and I could see this in your weekly catch-ups with your coach and, and the things that you were implementing she was I, kicking my ass. I could really just see this uh, um, this redirection of where you wanted to be going and this redirection of how you wanted to feel um, in life. And, you know, and you could see these really positive uh, benefits for yourself and your well-being and your health and your attitude and all these things. Um, now, to take a little bit of a step back and, and focus on myself is... I'm someone who is slow to change. But when I do turn around the ship, I stay the course quite solidly. Um, so and Annoyingly it, so sometimes. <laughs> and an example of these are things like when we decide to do a, uh, a Feb fast or give up alcohol or give up sugar for a period of time. And I, I'm, I will, right up to the day, I'll be saying... Oh, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be doing that. And I'm not, not that engaged, you know. I generally feel I'm pretty healthy or something along those lines. And then, then we start and, and I, I grind it out and, and finish and keep going and keep going and stick with it. Um, so anyway, I really was seeing this, uh, these really positive changes happening in, in yourself and Melissa and, um, and I was thinking... I thought this is where midlife crises. This is where, this is where people start to diverge in life. It's this idea that people choose to do different things, and if their partners are not on board, 
or not engaged in making changes for themselves, um, they, it really can be this divergence of two people. Um, and, and I don't necessarily mean that the, the parties need to be running on exactly the same path or even that they need to be running on separate paths parallel. Like they, they just need to be in the same hemisphere. They need to be on the same side of the line, traveling within that thing. And they may cross paths, but they're generally heading in the same direction. Um, and so I, and I thought, so I thought to myself, geez, I, I better get on this grow train because I don't want to be left at the station. You but never the, told me that at the time. I know. This is literally, <laughs> this has been nine months since, you know, I had that thought, uh, before I, uh, expressed it, uh, verbally, but I thought to myself, okay, but this, this choice that needs to be done authentically and it needs to be done on my terms. So I was really thinking, um, what, first of all, do I want to get on the train? And the answer is obviously yes. And then what are the things that, um, are going to appeal to me to provide positive benefits to my well-being, my energy, my motivation to move forward and do things. Um, and so I had to spend some time thinking about what, what they were and, and uh, where I was going to be making positive changes for myself. Um, so it's a lot of the things that we've implemented is um, along the lines of, or at least I've put in place over the last nine months, uh, getting up early at that morning routine. I thought you were going to start with records. But... Or, uh... <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, no, let's, let's go back. Let's start with records. Just because you're so passionate about yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, look, music for me is both definitely... Um, something that I'm passionate about and I love and, and brings me heaps great joy. And during one of the first isolation lockdowns, um, it was, you know, what else was I going to do? I was sitting in a house locked in, not doing anything. And I went out to the shed and got the turntables out, got all my records out, spent about a week sorting them out, listened to every single one, uh, recategorized them several times. Um, and then, on top of that, actually gave myself the permission and the, the space to, to play them and listen to them and, and muck around on them, which, um, has really helped me get through that, uh, lockdown isolation period and, and driven me to just listen to huge amounts of new music and old music. And, uh, and it's definitely provided me with joy through that. Well, I think it's provided, period. I think it's provided others with joy as well, because We've had a lot of fun with it. Like, we all love music here. Yeah. And, you know, we've done... Well, we've, we've tried our best with technology. We've done some fun, you know, live sessions and we've had family and friends, you know, getting involved. But isn't it a great example of something that, like, we love when we're younger or we have a hobby and then we sort of let it go for all the reasons and then you've sort of really picked it back up again, probably really because of COVID. Oh, totally because of COVID. Yeah. They'd still be sitting in boxes in the shed saying not open since we moved back from America. <laughs> um, no, definitely. Some of the other elements uh, that I have chosen to bring on board are definitely the owning the morning routine. Um, I was someone who was, well, so I was never, yeah, I, I was always happy to stay in bed until the children got up but have 
in, in, embraced and, and really enjoy that morning time, that uh, time before the kids get up um, and use that for all different types of things, whether it's some guided meditation, whether it's getting out and doing exercise, whether it's uh, even just doing things getting like some work done online sometimes. shopping, yeah. like sitting there and just booking in my shopping, grocery shopping mm. for the week. Um, but really feeling like getting to that point which once the kids have got up, I've achieved, I've got things done, I've focused on myself and 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 it really is, uh, that extra hour, an hour and 15 minutes has been a massive winner to um, providing more space, more uh, energy and you really set up, the other thing is I never necessarily made the bed very well. But uh, with isolation, I've, I've got this thing where you make the bed really well before you leave the bedroom and you've really achieved something already. I mean, it's funny because we were talking about, well, remember recently we were talking about how we used to, when we only had one child, we would like leave the dishes at night and be like, oh, we're going to do them in the morning. <laughs> we were just reflecting on how many habits have changed for us as we've added more kids and... Really, this whole oxygen mask to the self thing, like it's, it's, that's a thing for a reason. And I don't think, like in a plane, that would only drop down in a crisis. I think that's the difference of when we talk about this oxygen mask to the self. But I've probably been getting up early for a while and then earlier and earlier over, over the years. But we used to just be people who got up as the kids got up. And we were fortunate that they slept till seven because just last week I was posting something about we just um uh with a, a friend here locally uh we did like a five-day challenge of rolling into our mornings before we start scrolling on our phone and a lot of people have said you know my kids wake up at 5 30 my kids wake up at 5 45 and that that is challenging but i think one of the big shifts for us is not getting up just when our kids get up totally i mean they were the alarm clock i mean we yeah. had kids and our alarm clocks disappeared. Mm. Sort of about the same, it's interesting, about the same time the phones was becoming people's alarm clocks. Yeah. Our, uh, we had children. We had and they, four of them. And they became our alarm clock. And we, we would stay in bed until they came up. And they were pretty, they were pretty good alarm clock. Yeah. Um, and then the desire to make the most of those mornings and get up earlier has... Uh, because, because I because. think back then we were more likely to sort of get up, grab out, like grab our phone or whatever, or go and have a coffee or go and like downstairs and go straight into the kids stuff. Totally. Like we didn't do, we didn't do the, the self stuff. So we've, we've both reclaimed the morning, but, but you sort of have reclaimed your morning in your way. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and so I think there was that definitely that, that, Another thing that you said recently was um, if you could do thinking about next year, what are some mm. things that we could, how could we simplify? Yeah, yeah. And I spent, I was flummoxed. Which, just... which I sort of, yeah, just to put some context around the question, because um, you may assume that question comes from, okay, because there's loads of complexity right now. And I think, yes, there is some complexity in business and in, in life. But for me, it's probably a question I'll ask myself and ourselves every year because it's also about where do we want to focus more. And some of you have heard me talk about 80-20, but, this, but certainly as, um, 
a couple who have made changes this year. We've got a business now starting and all these things. There's opportunities to simplify and and I'm challenging myself and I think what we're trying to do is think even bigger on what could more that radical simplification look like versus just tweaking around the edges. So when I asked you at the question, he was like, yeah, what was she talking about? Yeah. And not Which only, happens often, by the way. Not only that, was the... I was... I was kept thinking about this idea of simplification and it, the definition to me was this idea of, of doing less or not doing anything. And, and every time I tried to think of how can we simplify, it actually involved just doing something. And so I found those two things hard mm. to correlate. But the, the elements that I thought is how can we simplify it? And, and I went, continue planning together Com- continue to have points of communication and and through that being more organized um, and so yeah. when I felt that life is simple and there is a sense of ease in our household is when we have had a uh, consistent period of you know organization communication yeah. And, and planning and, it, and it's that dagley uh named marriage meeting that is really for us at the moment the, the cornerstone of that process um and and you know we've been at that for a long time but when we've veered off it or we've we've sort of not done it like we we notice the difference but when we talk about organization we're not like you know we're not super organized people no. are we like we're, we're so don't you know don't imagine like i don't know labels and um super tidy house and all that sort of that's it's probably more organized in terms of priorities and even just having discussed just so that things aren't a surprise uh as much as anything like and just logistics logistics i mean our kids are more they've all sort of got onto watches and they're very uh they hold us accountable to time frames You know, and you say, look, can you just give us a minute and I'll come back in a minute? Or, um, you know, the dates, times, calendars. And the- we barely know the date and we're neither of us are very great with the sort of real, like, time focus. And so, yeah, they're holding us accountable on that you know, almost in an annoying way. Uh, too literally for our uh, own good. Um, but no, the, the, the organisation and the planning is just, just keeping across it together so that there's some sense of alignment on what what we're doing, what we want to achieve, when is it going to happen, how can we make sure we've got time for ourselves, mm. how can we make sure the kids are getting everything they need and um, and we're not missing things like Max's uh, parent-teacher interviews. Right, which we did last, last week. week. Yeah. And I think the self-marriage is the one that so easily drops. And even even as we're in this practice of, um, and there is, I've done a shorter episode, so you can go back and have a listen about what we cover in those meetings, but um, what the broad agenda is. But, you know, if, if we just dive straight into it, it's very easy for us to jump into sort of that agenda without thinking about what do we need individually. And that, that can slip off the agenda very easily. So... I think that's a really important reason, you know, in addition for all the other reasons to have good communication, I think the self is the one that certainly there's been times where we've lost that. I mean, 
you know, you finding your records, you, you're doing some other things. You say to me, you need, to, you need to find a hobby, you know. So this idea of bringing the self into the, the kind of conversation about the three marriages, if you like, um, I think has been one of our big learnings. Uh, this year has been the first time where I have not allowed myself to feel guilty about prioritising myself. Um, at certain times, absolutely. Like yeah. uh, it's either been the kids, you, you know, and this year, partially because we uh, we probably had some of that time and space to, mm. uh, and also we've been very mindful of that we're in a shit show and we need to be making sure that we yeah. can face up and turn up with our uh, you know best mindset in place. But this has easily been the first year that I've, you know, felt comfortable, allowed myself the permission yeah. to go for a walk after homeschooling and get out of the house and, and do things like that. Well, I remember when we were walking on the beach down at Belnaring Beach and I said, and we, you know, we, we were in the thick of lockdown one. And, you know, you were talking about some things that were challenging and I, I think I was trying to get a you know, so I was trying to coach you, which is always probably a bad idea with your partner. But I sort of said, what is going to be helpful to give you that? And you eventually sort of said, I think if I could go for, a, you know, so it, was a, it was a mental break. If I could yeah. go for a walk between like the end of the school day and then sort of have that transition. And that that's coming up a lot with the people that I coach. But but I think you're, what you're saying there about this, the self is almost part of your growth story, isn't it? And that, again, is what we're seeing. And I, whilst I've always say, you know, maybe I've kept my exercise in or whatever, this year for me has really shown me that, and I look back at old journals and things, my sort of self-care, if you like, um, really was just how can I just do enough to look after myself with celiac and health and early menopause and all these things and a big job and travel to just hold it together. Like that, it wasn't really sort of necessarily like a nurturing kind of um, doing the things that I really enjoy now, like going for a swim with, you know, some awesome women or, you know, having some business chats with people and do, doing different things or running my own business. Like, it, yeah, so just even as you think about the self, um, and I, I don't know if I use the word self-care, but that self-strategy and that self-growth, I think really asking yourself, are you getting the payback from the time spent on what looks to be self-focused things? So for example, you know, if you're out, if you're, you know, exercising, like I used to do say a very, you know, more intense exercise at a time when I was already really stressed, had hormonal stuff going on, and then I would go out and, and flog myself exercising. Like that wasn't um, helpful self-care. No. Even though it might have had a slot on the on the calendar that was, you know, doing something for myself, it just it wasn't, you know. Yeah. So can I just um, take you back to something you said? Yeah. Um, so two things I'm interested in. First of all, you know when you said you, you you're slow on the um, let's jump on a bandwagon, like whether it is swimming or or, or what are those other things you gave examples of. In you, you were talking about how you noticed me getting increasingly focused on how I want to feel. And then when you make some of those changes, you, you are very committed. Do you think that's because you actually enjoy the feeling that you get 
and maybe swimming is an example or other things. Like once you try something new, then you're like, ah, this is actually... No, it's, it's totally... Um, the slowness to get on board is um, the fear of the discomfort of change. It's, it's that sense of feeling very comfortable sitting in whatever you're doing. Like, you know, doing what you're doing is you sit there because it's comfortable, okay? And so to then uh, say, I'm going to get up, commit to getting up early or to commit to going cold water swimming or to commit to whatever it is, like um, is it, leaning into a bit of discomfort. It's, it's changing something up. And so it, it, it's avoidance. The first bit is just me purely being, I'll, I'll avoid, it sounds bad to express those, but it, I'll say no to avoid having to think about it. When you say that, we, we now need to recognise that's where our teenager is. <laughs> How do you deal with that when you've got an annoying wife like me who, you know, to my strength and to my detriment, is like one of those whack-a-moles who just kind of hops back up and is ready to try a new group? <laughs> like, you know, and I, I'm sort of, you know, that that's probably challenging. Yeah, so I don't say no straight away. I just allow it to... Sort of wash past me, so I don't. I'm not saying no, and I'll ignore it for a while. Um, as I think I said the other day, it's like a rock letting the water just rush over it. You know, um, but then you know, it's that, and then you know, you, there's also the sense of knowing that leaning into discomfort is where um, leaning into some um, friction or some into pushing into the hardness is where positive change comes from. It's where, you know, it's when you start to, to feel alive and you are pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. So um, whether that's going and getting in the cold water or going for a run or even just giving yourself permission to go and play records for yeah, a while, yeah. um, which I used to feel guilty. So I had to push into that feeling of guilty and go, well, actually, why am I feeling guilty? It's a bit stupid it, there's no it's not like the world's ending some of your mates would go and play golf for six hours yeah, there'd totally. be no guilt there um and but you do have to get there under your own steam i think that's the the challenge and i mean i'll stereotype but i think a lot of women that i speak to are sort of trying not to control the their husband's sort of you know growth and and their health and well-being but it seems to be a common, you know, pain point. And I get that. Like when, you know, one of you is in a good place and growing and the other one is trying to figure it out, the tendency can be for the females to want to rescue the males and or control and sort of say, oh, this is working for me, you know, get on board. And I'm, I've probably done that at times as well. Um, but ultimately you've got to find your own way. No, that was something that I was pretty conscious of when I came to that recognition of here's a, a point where our paths and values and all things could start to go in different directions. But And I was very conscious of the idea that I had to work this out from my own perspective because it, it, if I was doing it just out of a place of fear that it was mm. never going to work mm. um, and that doing the same things that you're doing that didn't you know 
some of these things don't appeal to me and they're not going to be things that I wanted to be doing. So I really had to go, well, what are the elements that, um, what is going to work for me yeah. and keep that movement in a similar direction, keep that alignment happening because, it, you know, I mean, it's like a magnet. If you've got, you know, yeah. opposite poles, they're going to be pushing away from each other. Um, so it was very much, I was very conscious on that idea of it had to be my own ideas and my own things that worked for me. Yeah. And I think, um, when does the residency in Ibiza start? Because we're up for that as a family investment. <laughs> Let's just start with a... a at the a, local a, pub? Get out at the local pub over summer. Um, oh, I was going to say something about that. But um, what, what about, what thoughts have you got around this idea of, uh, um, and, and we're not giving advice, but we're just kind of reflecting on ourselves, but when there is that misalignment or what men in particular, because can, can be thinking about maybe, or, you know, um, if, cause I'll, I'll use this analogy. So for me coming into menopause has been challenging, um, but also really powerful. And I think ultimately a part of the transition I've made and feeling like I'm really stepping into my next level of leadership in business and impact and life. And, you know, so that comes with challenges, but ultimately that's purposeful and that's powerful. And I think that's part of what's gone on here. And then, you, you know, you've kind of, without us really talking about it like that, you've sort of now got on your, you know, what does this next chapter look like for me? And you've got some things that are, um, in addition to the things we've talked about, you know, connections, yeah. Um, outside of us that are really meaningful and and helpful and re- good reciprocity and all those things. And I think that can be a challenge for men. Like women, you know, I just had a lunch yesterday with 10 of my girlfriends. There's no problem there for me to find people to, you know, have that chat with. Yeah. Um, no, it's an interesting... Okay, so we... Around the same time that I was... And even probably a bit before... Um, the get on the grow train uh, lightning bolt. Um, <laughs> I had been thinking about this sense of community and um, and connection with other men, basically. Um, and I'd been looking for something in that area. Uh, and so... I tried a couple of different things and I didn't want it to be around going to the pub and having a few beers or, you know, cause you know, I've, I've got my mate, like you've got groups of friends and, and, um, and it's almost like you've got different friends for different or different communities for different aspects. And, um, so I wanted it to be about somewhere where there could be, um, trust and, uh, openness and, to new ideas and things like that. And so I tried a couple of different things and then just, you know, fortuitously or serendipitously, um, another friend. Or did, maybe not. Maybe, maybe it was the universe. <laughs> uh, Kumbaya, my friend. <laughs> it, had, it came and, and touched base at almost at exactly the same time um, and said he wanted to start up a men's circle in uh, our local community. And, um, so I was really up for this and we pulled together, um, a group of about 10 men, um, 
who some knew everybody, but there was, you know, a, there was a diverse group of men, a wide range of ages, backgrounds. Um, and really it was about coming together uh, in a circle. I, it didn't start off around a fire, but now we've found some places. Uh, and having the opportunity to, and really to start with is about building up what are the rules? What is this creating a sense of trust uh, and to allow us to be open with each other? So there's um, definite rules around, you know, communicating what goes on and things like that. Um, which has allowed, and really quickly, it was amazing how quickly a group of diverse men who knew each other but didn't all know each other came to be sharing stuff, um, their concerns, their wins, their, um, their fears, their, uh, what they're excited about, all of these things um, really quite quickly. Um, and this was this was the lockdown put a you know shut this down for a period of time but we were still able to catch up in ones and twos and uh throughout and it definitely i think helped you know all of us get through this period um having just a the ability to open up and talk about how we're feeling um both on the positive side negative side and even just things like you know, I needed some seedlings for the veggie garden. One guy's got his great veggie garden. I went around, someone else needed a trailer. So this sharing of resources, sharing of, you know, ideas, sharing of um, time and space together has been really powerful um, and given me that sense of community uh, within my own community. Yeah, which I think is so important. I think, you know, we were sort of on the lookout for that you know, prior to COVID, but I'm hearing that as well is people are finding a greater and a deeper sense of connection in their communities and they're, and they're not rushing back to, you know, do all the things and see all the people um, that they were before. Some people are really tuning into where am I at sort of energetically at the moment and, you know, what's going to work well for me. Um, so that I think that's a, a great example. Well, I don't know if you've got anything else you want to add before I'm sure there'll be a child bust in here soon. Uh, no, it's been great. Get on the grow train. Get on the grow train. <laughs> I think that's kind of, I don't know, the message here is, um, but the train, you know, doesn't always leave at the same time. The pace is not always the same. Um, you know, I, I think that is the point. But as as partners... Supporting and fueling each other, each other's growth, like we're doing here with the Grow Tribe, and it's an ongoing journey. So um, we may come back and talk more about different aspects because now we're sort of running a business together as well, which presents, you know, more growth. Um, oh, let's call it opportunities. So yeah, enjoy being on the Grow Train, um, everyone. No matter how fast you're going, as I've said a number of times this year, go slow but grow. And let us know how you go. Um, reach out if you want any support. And cheers. And cheers to you. Thank, thank you, Stuart. Okay. <laughs> Have a good week, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. I'm very excited as we build this growing community of growers. And I'd love to hear your feedback on anything you want to hear more about people that you think would be great for us to have a chat with. 
please leave me some feedback or if you want any support, use the functions via the podcast or the email, the Facebook group or the Instagram, all of it in the notes. I'd love to hear your stories. I'd love to see your pictures of you growing and what you're working on. Please share the podcast and review it in iTunes as we build this community. Thanks so much.